Welcome back to Rockstock Channel. It is Thursday, March 9th, and we are here with Eric Desaulnier, the CEO of Nouveau Monde. I just got back from Toronto and an extremely well-attended PDAC where I saw Eric and his team. Uh, we did a short tweet interview. Decided it was time, long overdue, uh, that we talk again about graphite. In our last video with Matt Fernley, he agrees with us that graphite will be the next lithium. Question is a when, not an if. I don't know if Eric maybe has some view on that, but we are hosting uh, just another advertisement, the 21st RK Equity and Rockstock Channel's first ever conference called Canada Rocks. It will be all Quebec and Ontario focused, mostly lithium, but we will cover with Matt Fernley a more in-depth graphite. And uh, Eric has graciously agreed to attend that as uh, Nouveau Monde is, possesses, I guess, the two you know best graphite mines in Quebec. It is the most advanced story in North America, I think, for natural graphite. Partnered with Pallinghurst, we've interviewed in the past Arne Fransden, who is the largest shareholder and board member of Nouveau Monde. And you had great news toward the end of last year, an agreement with Panasonic. And, uh, you know, so it's a bit of a time for an update. We actually haven't had you on the um, podcast before, Eric. Uh, we've talked about graphite again with Arnie and Matt Fernley. So a privilege to have you on for the first time again, long overdue. So why don't you just give a little bit of background of yourself and, and quick elevator pitch on Nouveau Monde, and then Rodney will dig in with some questions. Super. First of all, thank you very much for having me, Howard. It was great to see you, I think, yesterday or the day before with the suit and a tie in, uh, in Toronto. But now we're uh, last two days of the March break here in Quebec with the family in the ski cottage. So you see in the background the St. Lawrence River. So a scenery that I prefer compared to a big uh, concrete building in Toronto. But this is uh, uh, great to, to, to be there this morning to talk about graphite. Obviously, both the BMO conference and the uh, PDAC were all about critical minerals. It was very well attended, a lot of interest from investors. And please, in your channel, continue helping all the lithium company, bringing as much capacity for lithium in the market as possible because... For every tons of lithium in the market, you'll need 1.5 tons of graphite at some point to do the anode as well. And uh, I agree with you. It is it is coming very soon. Graphite is picking up in terms of interest. We have a lot of discussion with different cell maker OEMs and uh, governments who want to host us under in their jurisdiction. So it's very very interesting time. So uh, here in Quebec, all in Quebec, we're developing, as you've mentioned, the two most advanced and largest mining asset in North America with the Metawini mine and the Wat9 mining project. That's the two projects that we will build in sequence. The first, the first is the Metawini mine. It's already in construction. It's two hours north of Montreal. And the Wat9 mining project, once we finish construction in 2025, 2026, we move the construction team to build this 500,000 ton per annum large uh, deposit to be in production hopefully around 2028 so just on time for the massive demand that is expected uh, at that time and all that material most of it will be transformed into big and core we have already a large land there we've uh, we're ready to start construction on the project as well and we're in talk to also transform in europe some capacity out of the watnan mining project and also in the us obviously so that's quite exciting time 
a lot of interest from different cell makers. We already announced our agreement with Panasonic. It's great. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, but there's also a lot of other who need our product. Great. Uh, Eric, if I can just cover some ground and go through some of the questions, you know, and look at the market a little bit more deeply. So if we look at the growth in battery cells, that's no longer really disputed. It's, it's not a debatable point. We're seeing a massive increase in battery cell production and also in the uh, announcements around the adoption of LFP cathode. While we think that there may be some pinch points in that supply chain, the trajectory is still very strong due to its cost benefits. Does, uh, does the increased usage of LFP result in the need for more natural graphite than it would have if it had been an NMC market. You know, there's sometimes more silicon in the NMC. So does that mean better demand for you? Yeah, that's a that's a fair question. So well, at the end of the day, any chemistry need a lot of uh, graphite. All the different chemistry, NMC, NCA, LFP, all use graphite in the anode with the variable content of uh, artificial graphite versus natural with silicon. Typically, when you choose LFP, it's for cost reason, uh, natural graphite be, being a much lower cost by a margin compared to synthetic graphite. Typically, LFP producer use more natural. And typically as well, when you want an energy battery, like capacity battery, and you want to add silicon, you focus on capacity. That's where natural graphite is also dominant compared to artificial graphite. So there's no direct correlation all the time. All the LFP made identical. Every LFP producer has a different recipe. However, we see a, a trend that LFP typically has more natural graphite because the focus is on capacity and on cost. And that's where natural graphite has a big advantage over artificial. I mean, if you look at you know where things stand now with China really in, in, in very strong control, the key to being a successful operator outside of China, you know, is a production of the high purity coated spherical graphite. How are things progressing at the demo plant and how are you doing on, on that front? Yes, you're totally right. So the main advantage we have over any new entry in the market in North America, it's two things. First of all, we, we own the two large mines. One is fully permitted in construction. So owning the feedstock is very key for anybody who would like to come here, make a graphite anode material. We'll need to own, own some mine at some point to be efficient. And the other key point is the purification step that we've developed. So we've designed since 2016 uh, purification technology, optimizing the usage of hydroelectricity. Uh, by doing thermal purification uh, with the injection of chlorine. So we've built that at scale in Bicancourt, and it's running since mid-2021. And, you know, in the last uh, six months or so, we have very good results. All the batches are pretty much 100% in specs, and we can be very confident in the cost structure we're, we're building and the quality profile of the material. So... We, we're ready, you know, to start the next step and designing the commercial plan more formally and also providing all the material needed for qualification with all the customers. But the purification step is very important in the whole story. Just uh, for the viewers, I did a site visit last year in October and I was very impressed with 
Nouveau Mons, various demo plants, it's de- it's definitely of a scale and professionalism that's it's a lot better than many companies, even even bigger, let alone the same size. Just on, on that front, so Eric, you've done a deal with Panasonic Energy. You work closely with them. Are their specs very unique? Does it mean that, you know, as you scale, you're going to likely just keep supplying them more or is the door open for a contract with a new taker? Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but every customer, the specs are unique somehow, but, you know, in our system, our process, we can, we can do the specs for pretty much all customers. It's a matter of optimizing your production line for the, for the specific customer. So Panasonic, I would not say they have unique, but they have very precise spec and it's very important to uh, deliver tons of the product and demonstrate your your consistency over every batch that you're doing for them so wh- why we really like uh, the relationship it's uh, the best in our view the best partner that help help us uh, doing the continuous improvement the kind kaizen mentality to really understand how we can be the best supplier of active material for them and it's you know from the mouth of uh, their management team they can be only as good as their active material supplier. So they are really guiding us through this qualification process. Our team were in Osaka there uh, in November to learn really how to make sure we respect all the specs, we understand what what it's doing on their systems. So this is very, uh, very good experience for the whole technical team to do that. So, and we like the fact that currently in our demo plant where we've made a lot of the product for them, we've based our feasibility study on the, our knowledge of the specs, you know, how we can achieve the uh, cost profile we have and all that. So we, we can obviously uh, provide the, the same uh, service to other cell maker, but it will take a bit of time to just get to that deep relationship as well with somebody else. But the goal is to have Panasonic as the anchor customer, uh, taking a significant portion of what we'll produce out of Bic and Core for the phase two. Uh, but we still have like uh, 15, 20% of the production as well available for doing another product that is complementary to what we do uh, uh, with Panasonic. Uh, and we're currently just negotiating the definitive agreement. So we've announced our MOU in October. We've met all the different stakeholders, the debt provider, Société Générale, doing the arranging of the debt. And then we uh, we are at the stage now to con- complete the definitive agreement in the upcoming months. Yeah, you, you're pinching my questions. I was about to ask that. <laughs> you are in the process of converting that to the definitive. Yes, indeed. And, you know, so now we, you know, we have advisors, they have advisors, and we're just making sure that anything we do together is fully bankable and preserve the best upside possible for, you know, all the equity holders that like, uh, like us are, are in the project since a long time, took a lot of risks. So we need to make sure we capture the upside of the future, as well as providing a floor price that will sustain the debt. So there's a lot of little discussion to make sure this most important transaction uh, that we have ever made is made properly to support the long-term uh, profitability of the business. Yeah, look, it's it's clearly in their best interest to make sure that you can operate under all circumstances. Absolutely. Exactly that. And that's why we really like the relationship. For them, it's all about localization. So they need at least one very safe alternative to what they are currently procuring from China. And that, that safe alternative, you know, they need to have mines that are local. 
They need to have the carbon neutrality is very important for them. Panasonic is very vocal about their new mentality called Yarushika, means let's do it. Let's do it really for Mother Earth. So we were in Osaka with a great explanation from their uh, their CTO and also the quality. So it's it's quality, very important. It's localization. It's uh, also the uh, carbon neutrality ESG profile that we provide is exactly in, in line with their vision for their, their future suppliers. So that's great, great partnership. That's that's actually a, a very good point because everyone's always banging the drum about the cathode side, the lithium side, about the carbon emission. But given the, the, the weight and the amount of the anode, that's also critical in terms of the total carbon emission for the battery. So makes makes a lot of sense having done that deal you're well funded because you you had the you know the the raise in the convertible but obviously there's more to come to move into the next stages so how are things uh, progressing on the on the debt side on the grant side i remember i think it was lion energy got a very generous grant for its plant so um i'm sure you're Lion-O. hoping to follow in their yeah. footsteps yeah, Lion Electric, the bus company, you're right. Sorry, yeah, and you're right, we have uh, last financial statements, we had 81 million uh, CAD in, in the bank, so we, we can be patient, we can wait for raising more equity until, you know, we have this lithium moment that we all expect in the next few quarter on the uh, pricing for graphite and have a bit of momentum on equity, but we can be patient. The debt side is progressing very well. We announced last April the LOI with different governments providing the the debt for us. So we're advanced with the German government, Euler Hermes, the uh, export credit agency, with EDC here in Canada providing the debt as well, and and the Quebec government here, obviously, IQ playing a role, all organized by Société Générale. So it's very advanced. Uh, All the consultants, technical and community related were uh, on site last fall, and they provided the report. So everything is in line. So when we complete the definitive agreement with the off-taker, we'll be in place to have the credit approval of of the debt. So that's progressing very well. So we should expect that for mid this year at the latest. And then as well, uh, the subsidy package, we're in talk with the various government or the Canadian government for a subsidy package. Hopefully we can be more vocal about that uh, in the the near future. But there's a great progress. So once we have this clear reduction of capital that we want to demonstrate to our uh, our equity holder, that's where we'll be in, in, in the place to do more equity on the, to complete the project financing itself. And then we are like 28 months post project finance and FID will be in production. So that's the construction timeline on both projects. So the, the overall CapEx for Nouveau is a billion dollars, US dollars. Is that right? Approximately? Yes, about that 1.4 billion CAD. That's the initial capex. So cr- with the current rate, that is so it's about a billion US. Yes. Okay. As you're talking with your bankers, you didn't mention anything about Japan. Given that Japan is now in your capital structure, in the past we, we've seen like Allchem got uh, you know through Mizuho and Jogmec, and I think we had talked about that as a possibility. Is is that potentially in the mix alongside the? Sokgen syndicated, uh, you know, financing you were talking about? Indeed. So we have the three big governments I've mentioned for the debt, uh, debt side. For the equity side, we are in talk, obviously, with Mitsui, our, we're one of our large shareholders, alongside Panasonic. They, they are the one who need to approach the Japanese government for support. 
and create together, if they want to, a Japan code to provide the equity or any form of other instrument. So it's really, if, if they want to, if they want to keep all the equity for, for them, they can. But if they want to uh, leverage the Japanese Jung Mech, for instance, they are the one approaching and create a Japan code that is investing in, in project overseas. So indeed, we're, we had talk with Jung Mech. Uh, that's, a, that's a process that may happen should, should our uh, Japanese partner decide to go through that route. Of the billion U.S. or 1.4 billion Canadian, how much debt do you think you'll get as a percentage? And and with interest rates rising, any kind of indication on what the rates are? Because in America, you have these loan programs office, which are very low rates. Unfortunately, we don't have that in, in Canada, but maybe Canada will kind of follow on that. You know, I guess the overall debt be expected to be, and if you can comment at all on, you know, interest rate. And then I'm trying to assess what is the kind of, equity, you know, that will be needed, you know, when you go into final investment decision yeah. and to fully fund the project. Yes. So we've announced uh, previously about 70% debt, uh, 30% equity, and it's still the plan. And more precise, currently, the senior debt package that I've mentioned will represent around 50%, most likely. We are uh, waiting for the subsidy package. So we do have the program in Canada equivalent to the DOE. It's called the Strategic Innovation Fund of Canada. So they can provide an indoor program. What they do is 0% coupon, 15% tenure after three years of no repayment during construction. So very, it's quasi-equity and it's a forgivable loan if you reach different milestones. Uh, you, you can have your, uh, your loan forgiven for the specific year so. This should be playing a big uh, role in the, the, the financial stack, but we are currently in talk to see how much and uh, when we can have access to such a uh, subsidy package to compete with what the DOE is giving to U.S. project uh, in, a, in, North, in, a, in America. And then the remaining will be equity. So, uh, you know, what we internally uh, model now, it's 50% senior debt, 25% subsidy, 25% equity. That's that's what you know, you know should be made to uh, to compare what the U.S. Uh, projects are getting within the twenty five percent of equity. We have the off taker will play a role. The and we have you know Palingers, IQ, who are always very supportive and very good partner uh, on the equity side since a long time. So we expect them to be to be there as well uh, to complete the package. Okay, I, I I don't personally have doubt that you can raise the equity once the pieces of the debt, you know, and the subsidy are in place. The question, I think, a, a number of viewers will be like, at at what level of dilution will that be? What will the market cap of Nouveau Moon be when you do raise that equity? Your current market cap is about three hundred and sixteen million U.S. dollars. You are talking, it sounds like, needing about two hundred fifty million, you know, of that. Look, post-Battery Day in 2020, there was market enthusiasm for everything, lithium, nickel, graphite, you know, your stock price was a lot higher. It's really all been focused on lithium in the past, you know, year, year and a half, because lithium prices, commodity equities follow commodity prices. Lithium has all this narrative, and there's Albemarle and Livent, you know, there are public companies educating the market all the time about lithium. I've just observed in, in graphite, you don't have any real public producers. I mean, Syrah is still relatively a junior company. Everything's in China. So there's a, a big education gap. Um, you said you have 81 million Canadian in the bank. I mean, I guess, can you, can you wait it out, right? Like if the, if, if you're all ready to hit the, the, the fully financed bid, but the equity 
price, you know, is not something that, you, you know, you think is too dilutive, you know, can you wait, you know, three, six months? How do we get comfortable, you know, on, on that to any, it's a great project. Anyway, the, that's a consideration I have. I, I won't tell you uh, dilution is the solution. We are, it's, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I heard that in the video, in a funny video. So no, you're right. Dilution is something that we closely monitor what we uh, hope in the next two quarter, because there's a lot, lot of hope in terms of equity sometimes. So it's the, really the graphite pricing picking up. So with the 80 million we have, we can be patient. We don't have much capex to do on the phase one. It's all built now and it's all operating. So we can be a bit more cash conscious for the next few quarters while we wait for all the announcement I was referring to. So we we are not we do not intend to do the equity portion of the project finance until like major event like the subsidy package, the credit approval of the debt that we can announce the uh, definitive agreement with the off-taker and, you know, what will be their financial commitment to the project. So there's a lot of very significant announcement to do in the next two quarters. At the same time, uh, we need to have this moment. It cannot be like that. For every ton of lithium that goes in the market, you need 1.5 tons of graphite. So there should be. And when I started the company uh, 12 years ago now, graphite for pricing was double, triple. So it, it is a relatively small market that is in big need. It's the biggest component of the lithium-ion battery and weight. So we should to, uh, uh, we should see something happening in the next few quarters. And the cell maker understands that. They see it coming. They are more and more aggressive. That's why we're running kind of a competitive process for the remaining part of our production. So there should be should be some equity uh, re-rating that we hope in the next few quarters, uh, but we can be patient to wait for that moment. If I look at what none it adds a significant volume of flake concentrate for you for, for NMG, have you done a lot of work testing this material? Yeah, we do have access to concentrate, so we've analyzed the concentrate indeed. Uh, we did not process a lot of annual material just now on the wetland. We were focused really on, you know, designing and developing a mining project that makes sense. And that's what we did uh, with the, the PEA we filed recently. As the next step ahead of us is really confirming the quality of the annual material produced with the wetland project, starting to work with some uh, large uh, potential off-taker who are interested about significant volumes to give them samples in their hand of coming from that project using the same process we are with in Bicancourt. And then also uh, developing the, uh, you know, tailings facility that will support the uh, permitting process. So before the end of 2024, we should be in a position where we filed a feasibility study on the project, and we we will apply for permits before the end of 2024 to be ready sometimes in 2025, 2026, with a fully permitted project, fully offtake project as well. Customers having received product, us having confirmed that all the process goes well, building the electrochemical results needed to to also have all the marketing discussion on the production. So that's. We have a lot of work on the project in the upcoming two years to make it as the at the same level of quality compared to Matawini Mine that is currently in construction. But we do have the team for that. We do have all the phase one installation to do exactly that. And that's why we were very successful so far on the project developing it. I think we have the team and the right assets to be the uh, the developer of that that project. Look, it certainly uh, is a, a big scale. And uh, on that front, 
Eric, I mean, the IRA is is obviously a huge thing for the US, but it also, you know, it looks as if it changes the whole landscape for uh, for North America. How, how do you feel that it, it changes things for you as, as Nouveau-Mont? Yeah, so we understood something uh, last year when we were negotiating with our uh, ticker partners is they really need an asset in North America. They need the asset to be in North America. It's not like if they can trade the... Uh, Chinese logistics and geopolitical risk with an asset that is not local, like me, meaning Africa. You don't want to trade the Chinese risk with the African risk because you don't fix anything with still long supply chain, unstable jurisdiction sometimes. So they needed assets in North America. So that's really why we were a bit more aggressive at securing the landscape here by developing the two projects. IRA play definitely a role into that. It's just the cherry on the Sunday. But even though there was no IRA, IRA will just help us having probably a better pricing for our product. However, because they already decided to build uh, plants here in North America, they need supplier here in North America. Just on, on that front, uh, I've seen some announcements recently about various companies now looking to pivot their battery cell production into the U.S. away from Europe because of the IRA. So yeah. suddenly the amount of battery cell capacity that's going to be in the U.S. looks high because it's very generous. It's $35, I think, per kilowatt hour and then $10 for the pack. So that's a lot of a lot of incentive. Have you seen an elevated increase in uh, approaches from from potential you know battery cell companies? Has that picked up? Absolutely, because for one very easy reason to understand, if they procure material from an entity of concern, namely China, they won't be eligible for IRA. So that's a big big issue. And currently, a hundred percent of the natural graphite going in battery comes from China. So it's the most controlled material that goes in the battery by Chinese economy. So they need alternatives. And that's that's why we secured as well all the ground here in North America. So so we can be one of the very few alternatives to China that is eligible for IRA. And Europe, we have a lot of, we had a lot of discussion in the past with European cell maker. And now most few of them anyway are moving their project into North America and they are in the process of signing their final location and they should announce very soon. So very soon you'll see some more announcement of large European uh, players coming in North America and hopefully they'll choose a location that is uh, in our best interest. More to follow on that. Okay, great. One last question. I mean, and to some extent, you know, that commentary answers it, you know, with the with the subsidies and the issues. But I guess the question is, can China, you know, ramp production, you know, aggressively and, and spoil the party? Or will, you know, ESG considerations and transport, uh, geopolitics and all the rest of it mean guys want local supply no matter what? Or, or can China, you know, sort of, of try and muscle in on this game? Yeah, no, in the early 90s, that's what they did on graphite. But this time, even in China, cost is going up. In China, labor cost is kind of, I think I read an article now, it's, yeah, it's not around that. 8 $9 uh, an hour, the, the minimum wage. So it's like, uh, I remember not so long ago, it was here, it was the same in the, in Canada. Actually, I, when I was young, it was like $6 US an hour. So I mean, it's, it's getting more expensive to do stuff in China. The people are getting paid properly. They don't want to work in a 
bad environment with debt and stuff like that. So DHF purification, cheap way to process, uh, to purify graphite in the past. We've seen the new videos made by uh, French media. You see like big areas where there's no more crops growing because of the HF pollution. So that stuff, that, that stuff is not acceptable even in China. So we don't ex expect cost in China to go down. Energy cost is very expensive compared here in North America, but in Quebec anyway, where we are. So, uh, so we don't expect them to be able to do that. And anyway, even if they reduce, obviously they will bring capacity in the market. They will, we cannot say like that China won't build more capacity. It's just the capacity they will build won't be enough for what we need here in the Western world. And especially when you add 25% tariffs coming in the U.S. for strategic materials coming from China, there's a 25% tariffs on graphite now. And there's as well the eligibility on IRA that is, uh, that is uh, you, you don't get if you buy from China. So there are clear financial benefits a, to procure your material close by. Yeah, yeah exactly. And this, is, and this is all, of course, before any sort of carbon tax. Yes, indeed. So currently, the average in China is 14 tons of CO2 equivalent per ton of product. So when you buy product in China, you need to buy 14 tons of compensation for the emission that you just bought. So when you buy a carbon neutral there at, you know, at $50 a ton for CO2 on the carbon exchange in the U.S., because there's no penalty yet. In Europe, it's over $100 for a for, uh, or CO2 ton to compensate. So you'll see when there are penalties and, and companies are obliged to compensate, you'll see an increase in pricing for the carbon tax. So, so we're very well positioned here already. I've designed all the operations using the hydro. So for us, it's smart to do it for economical reason, and we're really well positioned for the future. Fantastic. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. I don't have any more, Eric. Thank you very much for your time and look forward to seeing you again with Matt Fernley taking a stab with some additional questions at next, uh, later this month, March 21st, Canada rocks. It's exciting times and, and getting this thing fully funded into construction, hopefully in the not too distant future. Great. Thank you very much, Howard and Lenny. Always a pleasure to talk, uh, talk with you guys. Okay. And last thing, Nouveau Monde is the only New York Stock Exchange listed graphite play or U.S., fully U.S. listed. It's also listed in Canada, following in the footsteps of a number of the lithium companies like Lithium Americas and Piedmont and a few others who have done it in lithium. Nouveau Monde listed, I guess, in 2021. That's relevant for American investors who may not have uh, familiarity with investing on Canadian or Australian exchanges or, you know, have some, you know, discomfort buying an OTC ticker, you are fully SEC filing, NMG is the ticker, and uh, I'll leave it at that.